The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, it is the Trade Deadline Show. We discuss all the trades as well as the winners and losers from the NBA deadline, what is going on with Golden State and with Steve Kerr, the best potential names from listeners for potential NBA teams, expansion teams in Vegas and Nashville, why Mark Cuban is like most fans when it comes to evaluating players and like most investors, I would say. Loaded show, so we're saving the DMs until Monday. Today is the day, yesterday was the day actually, at 3 p.m., Everything was going down. It was, I think, quieter than most of us wanted it to be, what most of us <laughs> imagined it to be. And I was waiting for the bombs to drop. The and I always like to find out who's the better scooper. You know, everybody calls it the Woj bomb, but like Shams wants to do his thing too. So today, the real battle on trade deadline day was their Super Bowl. Today was their day. It's that and then free agency, right? And, and draft night. And draft night. I think Woj dominates draft night. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how he's found, Woj has found unique ways to say that this draft draft pick was coming, right? And still follow the rules. And still, because the NBA had told Woj, listen, we need people to listen and watch the NBA draft. If all they need to do is follow on Twitter, then what are they doing watching us? So he's like, Miami Heat are keeping their eyes on Precious Julia. <laughs> Portland Trailblazers have been intently focused on Gary Trent Jr. So so here's what it was, right? The Woj versus Sham Battle Royale. Woj broke the DeLon deal. DeLon Wright. Shams broke the McGee deal to the Nuggets. Then Woj breaks Vucevic deal. That puts him up too. Then Woj breaks Fournier to the Celtics. Obviously, he's a magic insider. Plus three, Woj, Aaron Gordon to Denver, plus four. Woj, Brown Wagner to the Bulls, plus five. Woj, Bajilica. Do you pronounce it Bajilica? It's Bialica. Bialica. Yeah. Bialica. Okay, cool. That's how I've heard it said. To Miami. I don't hear his name a lot. Not really. Bialica to Miami, plus six. Then Shams comes in with George Hill to the Sixers, plus two. Woj, Norman Powell to the Blazers. Then Shams with Rondo. So Woj dominated Shams 11 to 5. He got the big ones, too. He He didn't just dominate in uh, quantity. He dominated in quality as well. Yeah, he got the ones that we care about. So what deals did you find to be the most interesting? Uh, Didn't see Aaron Gordon go into Denver, and uh, I kind of hate it as well as... I would say pretty much every other Western Conference contender because uh, the West just seems to never get worse at the deadline. It always gets better. So uh, that was one I didn't see coming. Vooch uh, to the Bulls, obviously a big one. I kind of like their core now, uh, although they may 
never be serious contenders. I still like it. Uh, and Evan Fournier thought it would take a little more to get him. Evan Fournier is going to be the pick that the Celtics get that they will regret. I think uh, Fournier is not nearly as good as he looks like he is when he plays for the <laughs> Magic. So <laughs> that's just the way that it is. I like Vucevic. He can't guard at all. He no. can't defend no, no, no. whatsoever, but he can get you 25, mostly all in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter when it doesn't matter and you're down 10. So, but that makes the Bulls very fun. It makes the Bulls fun. And also, you've got another bucket getter with Zach Levine. They're one of the best teams against the spread in the NBA. I think that this now means you've bet against the Magic every single game. <laughs> every single game. Also, I loved Norman Powell to the Blazers. Really? I was curious what you thought about that. So, one, we know that we're not going to be able to probably keep Gary Trent Jr., I like him a lot, but it was all of the tea leaves said Gary Trent Jr. was going to sign elsewhere for more money than we were going to pay him. Because really, are you going to pay a backup shooting guard, combo guard who can't facilitate play make, but is really just a guy that can get mid-range shots and shoot deep for 18 million a year? I don't think we're going to do that. No. So now you've got Norman Powell who can do a lot of the same things that Gary Trent can do, but he also can defend a little bit better. Uh, and I think you can play him at the three, which you can't play Gary Trent Jr. at the three. I don't know if they're going to extend them, but I think everyone's just trying to get better for the playoffs. Who does it make better? I think that the Nuggets got, like you said, better. Mm-hmm. I said, like, the problem with the Nuggets is they don't have that third option. If Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have to go off for 30 in order for you to be in the game, yeah, that's a big-time problem, and you still lose? And you go, what, I think they went three and six during that time or four and six. Now you have a guy that's sort of like what you had in Jeremy Grant, where you've got a guy that can shoot. you got a guy that is big and can defend multiple positions and someone else over Michael Porter Jr. that's going to be able to get some buckets. Yeah. And you don't have to play Paul Millsap 25 minutes a game or whatever he's got. I think he's getting like. 24 minutes again. And he's a like liability, that. let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's old. Yeah, yeah. La Tech Bulldog, but uh, it's the end of the road for old Paul Millsap. There, were a, there was a time where the Blazers were eyeing Paul Millsap hard. I think for like six years in a row, it was like yeah. Paul Ma- Millsap in trade rumors to the Blazers. So I liked what we got. I couldn't believe, like, like, sorry to interrupt, I couldn't believe how little it took to get Aaron Gordon. Like, he was that available. Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick, that seems like a fleece to me. Do you know who got fleeced the most out of that, in my opinion? Who? I think Boston. Because Boston wanted Aaron Gordon bad. Mm -hmm. And the front office in Orlando said, in order to get Aaron Gordon, it's going to take a Drew Holiday-type trade. I would not say that R.J. Hampton and Gary Harris in a first-round pick is anything close to the kind of deal that it took to get Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Yeah. No. Even if it's uh, even if it's unprotected, because it's still the Nugget. Like that's not a good pick. Like that was, I guess, my biggest takeaway of today is how available a lot of these guys were. And Vucevic too. They said the same thing about Vucevic. I really think that Orlando was like just telling Boston that to see if they could get someone big, like a Marcus Smart and three first-round picks or something. Yeah. And once they couldn't, they were like, you know what, fuck Boston. I don't care. We'll send them to the West, send them to the Bulls. Who cares? What do you think about Rondo? Rondo goes to the Clippers for Sweet Lou Williams with two second-round picks and cash. I think it's a pretty pointless trade. I mean, Rondo's bad. He just is. Playoff if you, Rondo. 
Okay, but playoff Rondo exists because regular season Rondo exists, and he's bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think we're just going to keep seeing a resurgence in the playoffs. Like, they, like, like that's really what he lives on. Is like he, he he plays good in some TV games, and people remember what he used to do for the Celtics. Like, I think it's fairly a menial trade. I mean, Lou Williams. I mean, everyone made their like uh, Magic City jokes. Uh, I guess he could help them a little bit. I mean, he's he won't be any worse than Rondo, so. It yeah. was it was funny that somebody said, hey, uh, Lou, I bet you're going to get traded. This was like about a month ago. And Lou goes, this is my last stop. It's not your last <laughs> stop. It's not your last stop. Another trade that came in uh, last minute past the deadline. Victor Oladipo to Miami for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 pick swap. I was being told that Miami did not really want Victor Oladipo and that Victor Oladipo really, really wanted to go to Miami. But because I mean his his mental part of his game, his mental part of his we'll call it spirit, mm-hmm. right? Is I don't really know how to describe it other than it's not good. Right? He doesn't seem to handle like losing well. Or adversity. He's mentioned multiple times about teams giving up on him on national TV during interviews. Like, hey, this is my fourth team. Da 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 da. I just want to prove myself. Like, it's unfair. Everybody's counted me out. He's basically plays the victim role quite easily. And I get it. He's been injured and he's been bounced around the league and he was good in college and everybody thought he was going to be really good when he went to Indiana before he got hurt. But boy, does he struggle emotionally. So that was an interesting trade. And I think the only reason that trade got done was because the biggest trade that did not happen was Kyle Lowry. Everyone said Kyle Lowry would either go to the Sixers or to the Miami Heat or to the Lakers. And Kyle Lowry stays put. Why? Why? He's on an expiring, Marty. What do you think is at play there? Uh, I mean, it just seems like the package wasn't there the interest wasn't high enough for guys to give up on for gms to give up on their young players like i mean what was reported was the lakers didn't want to give up horton tucker and miami didn't want to give up uh tyler harrow so i mean i think it just comes down to that they don't see the value in trading for a 35 year old point guard in kyle lowry and giving up their young guys to do it and on top of that kyle lowry wherever he goes wants to be extended he said, anywhere I get traded to, I expect is going to give me at least a two-year deal, $25 million per year. So now you've got to pay uh, Kyle Lowry $50 million and you give up Tyler Hero in the process? I'm sorry. I don't know if that gets me to contention enough for me to make that move. Yeah, I just feel like the 2023 version of Kyle Lowry is certainly going to be worth less than $25 million. Yeah. Heat looking to also be the front runner for LaMarcus Aldridge, who is being bought out by the San Antonio Spurs. Does that move the needle? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. The Heat seem to have moved the needle a little bit, right? They got LaMarcus Aldridge. They got not Kyle Lowry, but... Victor Oladipo, and they got one other person a week ago. Who was that? It was Ariza. They got uh, oh, Trevor right. Trevor Ariza. I think the reason that people are not saying anything about Trevor Ariza, and we forgot about it, is because Trevor Ariza has been going through a custody battle for the last, like, 18 months, and I don't think he's been playing basketball. So I don't know if he will play basketball, but he's making $12 million now. I will always be thankful for Trevor Ariza because he was such a bitch on the Suns that we had to trade him and we got Kelly Oubre and we used Kelly Oubre to get Chris Paul. So thank you, Trevor Ariza. Thank you, Trevor Ariza. So Ariza did play the other night. 
Uh, so in my book, the winners of this are Nuggets, Bulls, and Blazers, uh, and also Orlando. Orlando gets Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-rounders from Chicago, one first-rounder from Denver, and two second-rounders from Boston. You're a trash team. You need to rebuild. These guys don't want to re-sign with you. They're miserable, so not a bad day, I think. Uh, Losers, in my opinion, Celtics, big-time losers. Rockets, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Sixers. And I think probably to a degree Lakers and Clippers, but really Rockets and Celtics are my biggest losers. What do you think? Uh, I would say that I would also maybe throw Phoenix in there. And I may not have been saying that if we hadn't lost to Orlando last night, but it just seems like this team was at least a piece away. And I, I mean, I'm sure they were in the mix trying to get moves done, but they just Who didn't. Who would you have wanted, though, that you didn't get? I was really into the idea of Larry Nance. He may not have been available, but that was a name that was floated out there. Uh, John Collins would have been cool. I know that's sort of a pipe dream, but just for us to stand pat, the first trade deadline where, okay, we have a chance to make a serious run feels a little weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that anyone was available that you would have wanted. I mean, yeah, that probably is. It just seems a little weird. Then notable people who have not moved. I thought it was very interesting that Lonzo Ball is staying put in New Orleans. Uh-huh. New Orleans is not going to re-sign him. Doesn't seem that way. No. He, they will not be able to afford him. They tried to offer Lonzo Ball an extension over the summer that Lonzo Ball, in my opinion, sort of stupidly declined. I think it was $56 million over four years. I think $14 million a year. Yeah. I don't know that Lonzo Ball's market value is that much higher than that. I think someone's going to overpay. You think so? You think if he keeps Knicks... shooting this well, yeah. See, here's the question. Do you think that GMs know what they're doing? No. I mean, no. no. And <laughs> neither do I. I can, <laughs> I can never pick it out. No. Because Lonzo Ball is shooting the way that Lonzo Ball is shooting because he's being set up in that way. Mm-hmm. Then if you use him in another way that he's not being used in right now, then the shooting numbers are going to go down. So... Who is going to be facilitating for Lonzo and playmaking for Lonzo Ball in the Knicks? Is yeah. that is that going to be Emmanuel Quickly? Is that going to be Derrick Rose? I don't know. No. Twenty million a year to Lonzo Ball to probably be a thirty-four percent three-point shooter instead of a forty percent free throw shooter, and then you're going to put the ball in Lonzo Ball's hands, who turns the ball over quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. I like his playmaking, but as like a a secondary playmaker. Oh, hey! Before we keep going, I have another loser. Yes. Uh, Austin Rivers. Just getting thrown in that deal, going to OKC from New York. <laughs> yeah, that that was like uh, kind of snuck under the surface. Yeah, it was the, a three team deal. What was it? It was the George Hill Sixers. Uh, so it was six, Sixers Thunder uh, Knicks. I think Terrence Ferguson got sent to the Knicks, and then Rivers to OKC as part of that deal. And it's just yeah, that was one that just got thrown in, and I feel, feel a little bad for him. You know, but what I would say is that two things. One, shout out to Austin Rivers just had a baby. Oh. Now he and his baby's mom or his fiance or girlfriend, now they have to move to OKC where it's uh, quieter, where it's safer and has less homeless people laying out on the street instead of near Penn Station and Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so, And I think also Austin Rivers was miserable playing for Tom Thibodeau. As soon as they got Derrick Rose, Austin Rivers was nowhere. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau was like... He's out of the rotation altogether, and 
I, I, I was listening to the, something like the Knicks wall, the, the blog site that talks about the Knicks a lot. And they've basically said that Austin Rivers has disappeared completely off the face of the earth since the Knicks got Derrick Rose. So his change of scenery was necessary. Otherwise, he was going to just become, I think, more and more disgruntled. But yeah, you're okay. right. It was like kind of a weird scenario. Other big names that did not get moved that I thought might get moved. Wayne Ellington in Detroit. His name was circulating. Kelly Oubre. I don't know what's going on that with that. We can talk. <laughs> we're going to talk about the the Warriors later, but what are they doing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a major push towards the end of the deadline. That's when you started hearing a lot of the Oubre stuff. Uh, I mean, I think teams are just scared of him because he's been he's played on three different teams and he's been three different players on each of those teams. Yes. So he's kind of a hard player to trade for because you have no idea what on you're going to get. On one end, amazing, yeah. versatile, uh-huh. could be three different type of people. That means you've got some stuff in your bag where you can change depending on what the team wants from you. Mm-hmm. Or you're so inconsistent or unpredictable that we don't even know what we're buying and you're on an expiring. So Ubre, I think might get underpaid next year. He's looking for oh. a big contract. He's going to fall off of a cliff. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie did not get traded, which I was surprised about. I know coming off of an ACL with a player option. Is it a player option or a uh, team I'm, option? I'm not entirely sure. There's an option on that. Lori Markinen didn't get traded. And I know that they want to trade him because now they have Vucevic and it's just, it's just an awkward combo on the roster. So he'll probably get moved. What He's got a couple years left on his contract. So he'll probably be moved in the offseason. John Collins sticking put. Heard Trey Young's name a little bit. In trade talks? In trade talks, uh, which was very surprising. So I don't know if that's smoke, if that's fire or what, but I heard that bubbling around in terms of what the Boston Celtics wanted. They, I think Boston Celtics wanted Trey Young and maybe Cam Reddish uh, for Jalen Brown. I would hate that for Boston. Boston's in such a bad, in yeah. such a bad spot. Bogdan Bogdanovich, another Atlanta Hawk, did not get moved. Ricky Rubio did not get moved. Pain. And Kristaps Porzingis did not get moved. So, yeah, a few days ago, Mark Cuban was reported to not be interested in trading Kristaps Porzingis again, which <laughs> I just don't understand at all. I don't understand it because you wanted to move him. That was what the news was for the beginning of the season, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Chris Stapps needs to go, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get rid of him. And then Chris Stapps starts to play well. He starts to up his game. And at that point, Mark Cuban says, no, now we're content to keep him. But unfortunately, that's just not the best way to run a team. You don't start talking about selling or trading a player when they're playing the worst in their career and then decide to keep them when they're playing the best. That's just not how proper investment works, right? (laughs) This is why investors consistently lose money because they think that when the stock is at all-time highs, that's going to continue to climb up. It's going to continue to get more expensive. That's just not facts. That's just not true. Chris Tapps is not going to get better. If you were going to trade Chris Stapps, now would be the time to trade Chris Stapps. Not two and a half months ago when he was trash and broken. So you have the, the whole buy low, sell high philosophy in investing is completely lost on NBA owners and NBA GMs, in my opinion. 
It's just insane. This is why investors lose money. Irrational behavior and recency bias keeping you from doing the thing that you should be doing. Irrational pessimism and irrational confidence. There's a whole term called irrational exuberance about investors thinking that stocks are going to do well when they are at all-time highs because we are greedy and fearful all at the same time, and that is Mark Cuban in a nutshell. Take that from a former broker, which I am. Mark Cuban is a fucking idiot when it comes to trade. Sorry. That's all we have for the trades. Is there anything that I missed? Um, nothing really of note. Uh, I just want to say Marquise Christ, the Spurs, is hilarious. Uh, I can't think of a player in the league that would gel worse with Greg Popovich. <laughs> so I guess he's at the stage where he's just like, fuck it. I don't care who you trade for. This leads me to believe that this might be one of the last Greg Popovich years. I think so. Which is sad because this is Michael Jordan getting rim checked, right? Mm -hmm. This is Wizards Michael Jordan. This is not the top of the mountain Greg Popovich selling out into the sunset. This could be a disastrous end. Also, no DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. That was interesting Wasn't as well. Wasn't even really any whispers Wasn't, today. Yeah. No whispers. So he'll probably leave for nothing. Fictitious teams, fictitious names. Last episode, we answered a DM and somebody asked me what my two expansion teams would be in the NBA, which what cities I would want them to go to. And I said, besides Seattle, I think Vegas and Nashville are the two best possible situations for an NBA franchise. And then that led me and Marty to get into a back and forth banter about what those team names might be. <laughs> so after some great thought, I think on Monday, because at a certain point, you can't really plan for a show when you're just basically waiting for the trade deadlines right. to drop. So all <laughs> I did on one day, like for an entire day, was think up Las Vegas and Nashville team names. I think I I think I texted you too, like, Marty, do some thinking. Yeah. We're going to cover this. <laughs> so the rules for naming sports teams are funny. And I was looking at all the different teams, NHL, even like G League, arena football, and an expansion team really has it bad because all the great names are stolen, mm -hmm. taken from you. All the real predators, like the Bears, the Tigers, the Lions, oh my, like all of those have been stolen. Those yeah. have been taken. There's nothing that you can do. So you have to get even lower on the like the food chain in the in the animal kingdom. You just have to go lower and lower and lower where all you have basically are like arachnids and like fish and um, like small birds. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, the, or, or the Kraken. Or the Kraken, yeah. Or fictitious uh, natural disasters. Like I was looking up what the, what the windstorm from the alchemist was, like the desert storm for a Las Vegas name. Like I was literally looking up like what a haboob is, which is a desert storm in Arabic. <laughs> yeah, no, they get those in, in uh, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, the haboob. I was there for a haboob. Yeah, it's crazy. Or a Zephyr. Like, you're just literally, this is where I was. I was deep into, like, Googling natural disaster names, Googling bird names. And it's like, can't use falcons. Shit. Like, can't use this. So you end up having these scrappy-ass names. So what are your names that you have? Okay. Uh, for uh, for, for Vegas. We'll do Vegas first. Okay. So Vegas I thought was way easier than Nashville. Uh, I threw out uh, the Las Vegas Luck. I like on our last that. episode, I yeah. still like that, and I think the city of Vegas would like that uh, as part of marketing. Uh, I like the Spades. Oh, I like that. I think that. you could do That's that because nice. a lot of people throw out Aces. That's a WNBA team name. Their branding is sick. Sick. You, uh, and Spades is almost like so a male ace. Yeah, so Spades I think might be uh, another what's, good. Card what's the word? Name. Coming in on that a little too hard, so maybe not. Uh, I like the Oasis. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, I tried to not. I tried to have one that was uh, singular, uh, and then uh, I got a little lazy and I threw out diamonds. Well, I don't think you can use diamonds because of the Diamondbacks. That's true. Don't think you can use that. I can't believe I didn't think of that. So I had a few. So okay, I got into some gambling names. So I got the Jokers, the Destinies. I also had the Luck, the Strip. What else did I have? The cash, the Las Vegas cash. Cash would be cool. The Las Vegas high rollers, the Las Vegas gin after the juniper berries that are in Vegas oh. and like the alcohol there. Let's see. What else did I have? The Las Vegas Las Vegas gin. They would sell so much merch. So much <laughs> merch, right? The Las Vegas peyotes and you can bring Phil Jackson back, <laughs> which I thought was great. The Pumas have not been used. Here are some bad ones. Uh, the one that I really like that could never be used is the Las Vegas fossils. The fossils? Yeah, like the stone. It would just be a footprint in the stone. It would literally be, I don't even know how you would showcase that to the world, like how you could make it a mascot. It would just be like a like a Rosetta Stone with like a dinosaur paw. There's got to be some team named, the, some minor league baseball team named the fossils. There's got to be. Also, I wanted the maybe the Las Vegas tobacco, but I don't think you could have smokable plants. Yeah. I wanted the demons. I don't think you could do that. The skunk, also bad name that got scratched. <laughs> <laughs> the Las Vegas skunk. The Las Vegas lucifers, I also don't think you could use. I don't like the devil-themed ones. It just sounds like you're trying so hard to be like edgy and you're not. Yeah, no, you're. that's big facts. Yeah. Diablos, the beasts. Yeah. Uh, and then here are some submissions from readers, and they did not miss. Vegas Blackjacks, Vegas Stars, Vegas Gamble, Las Vegas Diamonds, like you said, Las mm -hmm. Vegas Flush. I like that. I like the flush. That's cool. That is very yeah. cool. It would just be like cards. Uh -huh. Ooh. Uh, the Las Vegas Chips. It's okay. The Las Vegas Dealers. No. The Vultures. The Showgirls. I don't know about that, yeah, <laughs> that no. one. The Legion, which I really liked. Legion's cool. The Pit Bosses. Too specific. Very specific. The Shots. Would that just be alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> I think the NBA is trying to get away from the whole gun thing. Like We saw that in Washington. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said shooters, and I was like, nah, dog, yeah. that's not funny. The Vegas Mob. No. The Vegas Nip Slips. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and the Vegas Regrets, which I also kind of think is dope. You also have to think to yourself, like, you have to be like, at 6-7, suiting up for the Vegas Legion. Like, it has to make sense that way. Of those, I like Flush and Legion the best. So do I. I also like the Stars. Dallas Stars, though. Dallas, oh, yeah, I can't use that. Yeah. The Blackjacks were cool. Okay, so who do you have for Nashville? Uh, like I said, these were uh, a little hard. I mean, I thought of the Nashville Hot Chickens. I shortened that to the Nashville Hots. Oh, okay. Which I don't hate. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, got Nashville Tunes, uh, Nashville Records, and uh, the play off the Hots and uh, on the music theme as well. I got the Nashville Hits. Nashville Hits. I like that. I like that. Here's what I had. I started out with some animals. I think that Mustangs would be very cool. Like the Tennessee Mustangs. Yeah, that's not used in pro sports. Mm -mm, has yeah. not been used yet. That's my high school nickname. Uh, the Mockingbird. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, M Nashville Mockingbirds. 
didn't love yeah, that yeah. as much. The the Hellbenders, which are a sick. If you Google that, Google Hellbenders and like a cartoon, and you think to yourself, yes. This is a an arena football team or like a triple A baseball team, but sick for a basketball. Like, look at that. If you can have the Pelicans, then you can have the Hellbenders. The Tennessee Coppers for Copperheads. The Nashville Notes. The Nashville Banjos. The Nashville Outlaws or Tennessee Outlaws. The Mandolin. The, the, mandolin. the mandolin, yeah, we were Singular. getting, we were getting, getting, in, getting into some strange ass like places. The leopards. I like outlaws and fenders. I like the fenders for the, yeah. the guitar. Fenders is cool. The printers, the Tennessee printers for Printers Alley was a big publishing town. Uh, the Smokies from the, for the mountains. Uh, the Apple- that's a minor league t- name. Is it? Yeah, the, yeah, the Tennessee Smokies. I think it's the Cubs Double A team. Oh, well, okay, yeah. so that's a good name. Yeah. I chose a good name. The Buckles, the buckle of the Bible Belt is where that comes from. <laughs> it's probably not going to work. It's like the last team anyone would want to play The for. Tennessee Whiskies. I know we're getting away from uh, alcohol themes. So I also have some rejected names. Uh, the Nashville Treads or the Tennessee Treads for tires, Bridgestone. Uh, can't use the Nashville Dixie. That's a no-go. Can't use Dixie. Again, racism. <laughs> can't use honky tonks or tonks uh, due to honky. Uh, can't use nectar. I had the Tennessee nectar. Too sexual. Too sexual. Yep. Very sexual. And then in terms of best reader submissions, we had the Nashville Nightmares, <laughs> the Tennessee Dollies, the Nashville Chords. Chords is good. I like the chords. The Tennessee Tempo, the Nashville Moonshiners. And the Nashville hot. So oh, hot singular. Hot singular. I didn't even think of that. And it could just be what? Like a, a hot sauce bottle. Or, I like hots better, I think. I like hots. Go hots. Or what about flames? The Nashville flames. Calgary flames. Oh, yep. See? Yeah. There's just too many teams <laughs> in too many leagues taking all the good ones. So expansion teams have it tough. Send us your uh, more submissions for Seattle names if we're not going to use supersonics. Goodness gracious, you've got one generation, we'll call it, of a dynasty. And we'll do another generation of whatever the fuck the Warriors are now. <laughs> I don't know. Are they rebuilding? Are they sort of like in a pause? It feels like the pause. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not quite rebuilding. It's definitely not in that dynastic mode. No. They're not tanking, but they're not not tanking. They're like in the middle. They're like Jimmy Eat World. Yes, they're like this J. Cole song, which is called <laughs> The Middle. That's why I chose it. There may be no team more confusing to me than the Warriors. Like one day, I'm like, oh, yeah, this team could be dangerous in the playoffs. Steph's balling. Oubre's finally putting things together. Draymond is the best defender ever in life. We'll get to that another day. <laughs> best defender to ever walk the face of this earth, just like he said. And he then, tweeted today, uh, fun fact, he tweeted today, uh, Rondo to the Clippers, best trade of the day. So What? Just to best- put you in a... Where his basketball IQ is these days. I think Draymond Green has a great basketball IQ, but I just think he's maybe so smart that we think he's dumb. I don't. (laughs) I don't. Dude, and then like other times I'm like, are the Warriors tanking? What are they doing? I'm not sure what is even going on. And it's like the more you dig into it, kind of like uh, Boston, how the more you put it all together in one gumbo pot, you're like, oh my God, this is a, an iceberg. There is more under the surface than we even understand. 
Let's just look at the lineup changes, which have partly been dictated by COVID and injuries, but also because Steve Kerr is battling, apparently, between doing what he wants to do right now, uh, rotations and lineups, and what he wants them to do moving forward for the future, right? He's basically fighting with the organization about what direction they should be going, not only for tomorrow, but also for the long term, which is not a good sign when you're in the middle of a beef or a battle with the GM and the owner of your organization. (laughs) Big time issues all seemingly centered around James Wiseman and James Wiseman's role and the role of a big man on a team like the Warriors. If Kerr had it his way, this is what we've known from other press conferences that he's had on record. If Kerr had it his way, they'd be tanking. They would not win many games this year. Steph Curry would be playing like 30 minutes a game, and they'd probably slip down the standings into no man's land, get a top pick, and probably get someone like Cade Cunningham. They have... That wouldn't be terrible. I like Cade. I like Cade too. They also have the Timberwolves first round pick for ne- for this year. If I think it's top three protected. So if the Timberwolves get number four, which they probably will or worse, the Warriors have that pick as well. Steve Kerr is like, this is a pandemic year. This is a bullshit year. Clay Thompson has been now gone, stolen from us from for two years. We can't do anything. We have Oubre and we have Wiggins just jacking up and making shots like with five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter and everyone thinks he's balling. And we're not going to win. We're not going to. Basically, Steve Kerr's so spoiled and used to contending that he's like, well, if we're not going to contend, then fuck it. Let's just tank. Yeah. Let's just hang it up. He's like the Eric Bledsoe of coaches. Correct. Correct. Curry, though, is not feeling that. There is no player, especially a marquee player, walking the face of the earth that you tell them that they can't contend and they say, yeah, you know what? You're right. We can't contend. (laughs) Steph Curry's like, who are you to say? Who knows? Like injuries, a couple of things happen here and there. I put up 70. You just never know. And so that's the tension. That's the strife. No one is frustrated. The media is frustrated. Curry's frustrated. Apparently management and ownership are frustrated. No one seems to be happy except for Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr just seems to be like, this is all part of my master plan. You just all need to hang around and watch and see. And that's strange because everyone thinks about Kerr with like, I think everyone associates Kerr with the death lineup. Mm-hmm. Him changing the league into this small ball system. What, which was uh, Draymond, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Iggy. and Iggy. Yep. That, though, was only what, from what I hear from other people who have been around the Warriors organization, something that Steve Kerr only likes to go in doses on, just to keep other teams on their toes so that they have to have roster flexibility as well. He does not like to go small. If he had it his way, he would not go small. Forget that death lineup and that small ball from the championship years. So Wiseman to Steve Kerr is his wet dream. He's like, oh my God, (laughs) Wiseman is exactly why and exactly what we need to move forward into the future as soon as we get Klay Thompson. I don't know if I believe that, but Steve Kerr certainly does. And the question, though, to me, at first glance, was why? What could it be? And why could Steve Kerr be so rooted in that philosophy? that a big man is so necessary that he will hang on and play Alex Majalgic over <laughs> Eric Paschal 
because he needs a big man. And I believe that the reason why is because he played for Popovich, was mentored by Popovich on the Spurs, and has Popovich DNA running through his veins. You know, as a guy who has a fan base in the West Coast that plays against the Spurs a lot, <laughs> like what, what Pop's mentality is, right? You have that big man as the anchor. Yep. Then you have consistently thinking about the future and a lineage and a, and a we'll call it a transition plan for when your marquee stars go down, yep. right? Whenever mm-hmm. they leave, a legacy succession plan. That's Wiseman. And number three, like you stick to that plan and never deviate from that plan. High character guy like Wiseman anchoring your offense and defense, making sure that you have someone for when Steph and Clay leaves and like you just stick to that. Trust that process. And you know, Pop is cantankerous and he is stubborn. He's so stuck in that move that that's why they just fucking suck right now. We are talking about the guy who uh, ended the seven seconds or less era to trade for Shaquille O'Neal in 2007. Actually, it was 2008 at the time. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the key. So Steve Kerr is trying to model his coaching career after Greg Popovich and the organization, of course, since it's 2021 and not 1991, is not super happy about it. <laughs> so the latest, latest news is that there's tension going on internally over what the team is doing and where Wiseman fits in, where whether Kerr's philosophy makes sense for 2021. Kerr says he prefers for Wiseman to learn on the fly and make mistakes, no matter what that means for their playoff hopes. He believes that James Wiseman is the future, and the rest of the organization thinks, we don't have time for that right now. We need to win right now. <laughs> so that's tough, uh, and not something that I think is is going to be solvable right now. I think this is something that is going to showcase why the Warriors are in that middle zone. They're not quite tanking. And they're not quite winning now. And I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen moving forward. And apparently Kerr is now putting Wiseman permanently in the starting lineup. Permanently. So I like Steve Kerr, but maybe he just doesn't always know what he's doing. You said to yourself that one of your greatest regrets, Marty, is that Steve Kerr was a Phoenix Sun as a GM, and yeah. he was a terrible GM, but you thought maybe he was a prolific coach. Well, it, not really regret. It was just annoying that uh, he was a pretty good player, like for his role. Uh, he, until recently, was thought of as a very good NBA head coach, and he was our general manager, and he was just complete garbage at it. So before this started coming out about his coaching ability, it was like, oh, the one bad thing he was at, it, it was with Phoenix, but now, yeah. But think about this, though. Steve Kerr was probably instrumental in drafting Wiseman. Yeah, it appears that way. Yeah. yeah. And I know that most people would say, what do you need LaMelo Ball for? What you already have, a plethora of guards. But I don't know if LaMelo Ball's out while Clay is down, you can trade him. You can then ship him out for more assets. I think you could get more for LaMelo if you traded him prior to the injury than you can for, for Wiseman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So you're basically having a one year rookie rental or you could have traded that pick. I don't know. So Steve Kerr is putting Wiseman and Curry on the floor together. And that experiment is fucking terrible. Uh, when the two are on the floor, the Warriors have an offensive rating of one hundred and two point nine. And the number jumps to one hundred and seventeen when Curry's on the floor with anyone else. Any other lineup, but with <laughs> Wiseman, it jumps from one oh two to one seventeen. So 
I think the organization needs to figure out what they're doing because you, you kind of have to have Curry and Wiseman on the floor at the same time if they're both healthy, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have Wiseman starting and Curry not starting. No. If Wiseman's permanently a part of the starting lineup and Curry is too, and they're 17 points worse off offensively, rut row, <laughs> rut row. So to, to me, this is going to be a constant issue something to monitor for the future. This is really no news except for, hey, the Warriors are more in disarray than you think. Curry and Clay want one thing. Kerr wants another thing. And if you're Bob Myers and then you have to decide between what your two franchise stars want versus what Steve Kerr wants, you know, what do you think he does? Uh, It's pretty easy. You're going to back your uh, all-stars. Yeah. And so either to me, either Wiseman gets shipped out early. They're not going to let him cook in the oven or they're going to be in no man's land. So it's one thing to build this complex triangle around. Like you said, it's easy to coach all-stars. It's easy for Steve Kerr to be a very, very good coach when he has Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Very, very easy to build something complex for all of those brilliant minds to be able to figure out and out-scheme your opponents. It's difficult when you have a guy like James Wiseman who very clearly doesn't know how to play basketball. I mean, that's just big facts. So are the Warriors a playoff team with a puncher's chance or are they just in a testing ground for an incubator like Jordan Poole or for James Wiseman for the return of clay. I don't know. The answer is probably going to be the key though, to how long the Warriors continue to be patient with Steve Kerr, who is widely considered the most stubborn coach in the NBA. That's all the time that we have for the, this league podcast, our trade deadline show. Please subscribe, please rate, please review on Apple podcasts and on Spotify. Both platforms are equally important. People are on Apple Podcasts a lot, but please also download and subscribe to Spotify or follow. Makes a huge difference. Uh, We also have This League hoodies on sale in the Barstool store, uh, white, black, and purple. Don't forget to follow us at This League and at Trista underscore Crick on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening, and we will be back. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.